0: Welcome to the Blue Lemonade Podcast, where we talk to people from all walks of life, hear how they got to where they are today, how Hat Not Hate inspires them, and how they have made lemonade. Hey, everyone! It's Shira and Meg. Hello and happy President's Day everybody and maybe many of you are on vacation this week which happy vacation. Or your kids are off school
1: which is just not great for anybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows (laughs) wherever you are we're glad that you're listening and you have us plugged into your ears and you're connected and you're ready to have some blue lemonade with us. Today Today we have a cool guest coming on. He's he's special. He's, he's he's in my heart. He's you know what? He's in my heart too. He's he's a special guy. He is he's he's Dennis Meralda. He is your big brother.
1: He is. He's like the epitome of big brothers. I, I feel like we go through this the the same thing between the both of us. The big the big brother, like um, he just he, he's a principal in my heart. He'll always be a principal. This is what Mm -hmm. we call him. Like everyone in my family calls him the principal, the lecturer. Mm. Like he just, he always wants to hit you with a good lesson, a Mm. good lesson or two, you know, he wants life lesson. Yes. Give you the wisdom. He does. He's great. He's, he's, um, nine years older than me.
0: Yeah. Which We've bonded over because my older brother is eight years older than I am. Yes, so yes. we've definitely, and when you were on maternity leave and Dennis and I were working like much closer together, because normally now, like you communicate with Dennis, he's our educational director for Hot Not Hate. And when it's just, it just seems that you communicate with Dennis and like you're kind of like our, I like the coach. nice buffer. Yeah, there's no, and there's no, it it just happens to work out that way. Oh, it's great. And
1: plus, I feel like it's nice because it doesn't always have to be this like scheduled out time. I could just pick up the phone and call him. And it's a nice, I'm like that nice middle person. But you guys got very close when I was gone. You were, yeah, that, yeah. And it was,
0: and it was interesting because I did see some like, I I I saw some Big Brother qualities in him, and uh, it's very sweet. It's very it's very sweet, and uh, and also just like the way that he is, even when you were out, I um, there would be days when he would bring in your nieces to help at Hat Not Hate, and they would be doing TikToks, and he would be doing you know the shipping, and I'd be doing the she show and all the stuff, and. It was an experience getting to know him in that in that light, you know? Yes. Yeah, seeing him in that father light. Yeah, in that father light. But
1: he is so he wears so many hats. It's almost it's almost too many some days. You're like take take it down a notch. Yeah. Like you don't have to hat. save the world. Yeah, you know? put a hat on the rack, man. Put it put it on the rack. <laughs> You know, it's a fun, a fun little fact. You just made me think about this. When I was in high school, I had to do, um, you had this opportunity to kind of do an experience outside of school, like kind of like a working experience. Uh-huh. And I, I forget what they called it, but, um, Dennis said that I could do it at his school and he was teaching, he was teaching the sixth grade at that time. And He said, How cool would it be if you came to my school and I'll kind of just immerse you in the day to day of what it's like to be a teacher? And I, at that point, I didn't have any aspirations to be a teacher, but I just figured, Oh, this is cool. I could leave school for a little bit. I'll go with my brother. We'll hang out and it counts as credit. So, and I wound up loving it, like just absolutely loving it. And he, I just, I saw him and that he was fresh out of college. I think it was his first or second year teaching. So he was so excited and into it. And that was the first time that I saw him and thought like, okay, he's supposed to do this. He's supposed to be involved in education and kids. And he just, the kids just absolutely adored him. It was amazing. And,
0: and they do like he has, when he talks, I think now he, I, I didn't really see him in that light. I I see him with Hat Not Hate and when he talks about Hat Not Hate and when he talks about his experience of bullying, which you'll hear on this podcast, he it, it just it lights up in him and he just connects and it's so beautiful. And it makes me so happy that I just further get to connect with more Moraldas in my life. <laughs> so I'm just further in this family I am. I am working towards my official invite to
1: Christmas one year. I realize that's the end goal. You've hinted at that a couple times now. Yeah, I'm not um, kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm we'll just just, just putting sl- it out you know, there. Slow it down. Pump the <laughs> brakes. There's plenty of time. You'll get an invitation. All, all right. right. It's now on the podcast,
0: so I'm holding it to you. <laughs> all right, everybody
1: enjoy the lemonade today. Enjoy my big brother. You guys are going to love him. Cheers.
0: I am very excited about our guest today because, you know, here at Hat Not Hate, I think people think that because we have collected so many hats, over 90,000 beautiful blue hats, and we Our message has reached so far and so wide. They think we have this amazing, massive team of so many people. Actually, no. Shockingly, surprise, surprise. Sorry to burst your bubble. No. (laughs) It's actually just a small but very mighty team of three. The first episode, you met the director of operations and really my right-hand woman, Megan Nelson. She really makes everything happen. And like she said, she wears many hats. And sometimes she wakes up one day and I give her a new hat to wear. And uh, she figures out how to wear that hat. Even if it doesn't look good on her, she makes it work. And then today you are going to meet the man that wears the most important hat, which is the educational hat. And he is the lover of blueberries, a (laughs) lover of burpees. And the lover of creating the message of education to schools and spreading this message even further than I could have even imagined, Dennis Moraldo, welcome, Dennis. How are you?
2: I am wonderful, Shira. Thank you so much. And it's it's quality over quantity, right? With hat not hate,
0: a hundred percent. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, so tell me, how are you, you know, because we've, you know, you, you've been on this mission with us now for a minute. And I, I still remember the first time I met you when you came into our offices, when we were, you know, partnered with, when we were, when I was working as brand ambassador for Lion Brand and kind of hat on hate was my side, was my side piece. And right. uh, you came in and I think you were wearing like a beige suit. I think you might have had a blue tie on. Um, It might have been something that you did because that's something that Dennis does. He always tries to be like on theme. And, you know, you were just, you were drinking the, you were drinking the lemonade then. And tell me, what was that like when you first heard about Hat Not Hate?
2: I still remember the moment when I heard about Hat Not Hate. I was outside mowing my lawn. And it was when Megan first met you, my sister Megan first met you. She called me up and she goes, Dan, I need to talk. And I stopped the lawnmower and I really liked mowing the lawn. It was very cathartic for me to (laughs) be outside and mowing the lawn. So she said, there's something going on here. She knew my experience growing up. Uh, I have a story of bullying growing up. My experience as a middle school principal for many years, my experience as a motivational speaker And she said, I met this unbelievable human being, Shira, who has this mission about ending bullying through hats. And at first I took a step back and I thought, how is she going to do that? And once I got involved and once I met you and saw the passion behind your project and this unbelievable movement that you have created, I said, it is absolutely possible. To end bullying with the use of hats. So I, could, I still can tangibly remember the moment when I first heard about Hat Not Hate. And it was, it changed the trajectory of uh, the events in the next couple of years in my future.
0: We're going to get into everything that you do now and who you are because a lot of what this podcast is about is taking the lemons that you were given and making lemonade and all of that. And you've made lots of different types of lemonade, even since I've met you, you know, you, it's, it's really cool. I like to say, you know, especially over the summer when we were working very closely together, when Meg was on maternity leave, and it was really a team of two, a mighty team of two, (laughs) um, that watching you kind of, bloom and become this amazing person, not to mention that you're a father, you know, a a dad of three and like that you're just so present and there for them. And two of them, two of your kids have been so awesome for hat, not hate. It's just really, it's really cool. It's really cool for me to watch, you know, and that I have said to you that I can say like, I knew Dennis way back when, you know, and way back when was just like two and a half years (laughs) ago. But the, the change that this this change that you have made has really happened in such a short time. And that, you know, while this this episode is talking about Hat Not Hate and what you do for Hat Not Hate, I think that it's also maybe hopefully inspiring to others to hear what they can do. If they really put their mind and their heart and their passion towards something, if they really believe in something, because Dennis and I are two people that really believed in something. and Put our minds to it and made it happen. So let's kind of let's let's take a deep dive because there's so much to get to. And I feel like this could be way more than a half hour. So I really gotta look at my watch right now. So let's talk about what you do. What is your profession, Dennis?
2: <laughs>
0: That's a loaded <laughs> how, much,
2: how much time do you have? So <laughs> but before I jump into that, I want to just congratulate you for everything that you're doing with this podcast. I think it's absolutely tremendous and as i went down the the path of not here in my life you were certainly one of the inspirations for me seeing what you were able to to create just out of passion passion and sharing that passion with other people so you certainly were a uh a beacon uh, a buoy in my life at a at a time that i certainly needed it so wanted to start with that, as far as what I do, I would say I, I am a Renaissance man. I am a, um, I'm a lover of, of motivation, of inspiration, of, of seeing people break out of the preconceived barriers that they have to become the strongest versions of themselves. So what I do right now is I am an educational uh, consultant and coach. I'm a personal development and personal growth coach i am the host of the building men podcast which is a motivational destination for real talk about perseverance about um what masculinity truly means and i could get into the where building men started uh if you're interested but it's it's turned into something that i believe it is this movement is is my true calling in life and what i had to do was was step out from the path that I was on, I was a, I was a principal for, for over a decade. I spent almost 20 years in education. I left education in 2019 to pursue uh, a passion I had around community building, around how do you um, truly unwrap what education should be? Education turned into something that was more standardized in nature, telling kids what to think, not how to think, and truly understanding the unique individual that exists within every single child. So I left in 2019, and I started working for an organization. I was doing keynote speeches, I was doing consultant consultant work and coaching up and down the East Coast, and it was going great until the world shut down. Right after we met for the first time, which it was in February of 2020, I can still remember going in for that first meeting, and one of the the people that was working at Lionbrand was busting my chops, saying that I looked like Tim Tebow, and I was yep. about to go into <laughs> a big uh, a big experience where I would be. Um, Uh, working at a um, a convention and there was going to be thousands of teachers that I was going to be interacting with. And so I took some hat not hate information to share with those teachers. I still remember that. And everything was going really well up until that March timeframe. And then the world shut down and my experience as a, as a consultant, as a coach shut down as well. So I left a job making a good salary with a pension. Um, I just had to coast it out and I, I gambled on myself and it didn't work out initially. And now in my personal life, I was going through a challenging situation, of separation, which led to a divorce, and now I was at this spot where what what's next, what can I possibly, how did I do this to myself, and I left the cushy position to follow what my passion in life, and I took a step back and I started to recognize that um, this was this was not the end, what it was, was I had climbed the mountain put all my eggs in one basket, climbing this mountain in education I thought was going to be the pinnacle for me becoming a principal then a superintendent eventually and I recognized I was on the wrong mountain so I was doing that work of all right you have to climb down now <laughs> stand in that valley and decide what's next are you going to cl- try to climb back up that same mountain you just were at the pinnacle of or are you going to really look at yourself in the mirror challenge yourself and say where am I meant to be in my life and that's what I decided to do and where I was truly meant to be was doing something to help, especially young men, understand what masculinity means. I started this program as, as a first year assistant principal called Building Men. It was a boys social group and um, it helped young men create community and understand that a man was not how good of an athlete you were. A man is not how many girls you were able to sleep with. A man was not how many zeros were in your bank account being a man was so much more it was about your integrity about your character about the relationships that you were able to build and more than anything it is about what can you do to truly leave a legacy and make an impact so that other people might be able to breathe easier because of your existence on this planet so i was was really motivated to to make that that was my legacy. So in July of 2020, I started the podcast, Building Men was uh, the first episode was called The Decision. And it was a lot of it was me talking to me. It was me giving myself advice. And what that did was I went on this journey and totally recognized that during the experience of hosting this podcast, what I needed to do was shed a lot of the things that I thought People needed to hear from me and I needed to shed this preconceived notion that I needed to look sound and act a certain way for people to like me. And I started to recognize the only way this will work is if you are totally 100 percent transparent and authentic with everything that you're talking about. And that's what I decided to do. And It was really scary. But what it's turned into is this um, network of individuals that I was able to connect with. And now Building Men is becoming a a movement it's becoming a thing that people are, are talking about because it's breaking down a lot of the things that even men today think that they need to to do and i'm telling them listen it's okay to be strong and be vulnerable and there's actually more strength in showing your vulnerability as a man than there is bottling things up and even now as i as i talk about it it's something that it it brings emotion because I've recognized how where I was even two years ago to where I am now and, and how taking that path of not here, that path that that wasn't prescribed for me, that I had to really dig down deep and look at myself in the mirror and challenge myself to go for what I believed and understanding that it's it's for a larger purpose in life. It's not for not for money. It's not for anything else. It's for being involved with something that is larger than me <laughs> long-winded answer there for,
0: no I but it, I mean it's so true listen Dennis uh, first off I love I, I you know Dennis asked if this was uh if this was audio and visual and I was like no it's just audio and I I One of the things that I love most about Dennis is if you've never seen Dennis, you can catch him on like reruns of the She Show, which is a show that I did at Lion Brand. It's a daily streaming show, but he's also going to be on the Meet the Team page on our Hat Not Hate website when that's brand new and up and running. And he is like this tall, six foot four, big dude, beard, like muscles. And he is such an emotional person. He's got emotions. He is a sensitive being and that he can see and talk about going up this mountain. And, you know, I, I hear you, man. (laughs) When I told him that I was leaving lion brand, he was like, that is awesome. Shira. Yes. He like gave me a high five through the phone because, you know, you, you said something about going up the mountain and then coming down as I have become a hiker in my days of dating my boyfriend. One of the things that I've noticed sometimes coming down the mountain, that's what really gets your, your muscles working. Yes. You know, the hams. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the hams and the, and the quads. that's <laughs> oh, yeah. when it starts working, you know, that's when you're really feeling it. It's like, yeah, I'm like using my arms when I'm going up and like we're scrambling, you know, usually we don't even hike rock climbing, but like <laughs> when I'm coming down, like I'm feeling like, cause you got to, you know, use your core, you got to use all those things when you're coming down that mountain. So it's not, not such an easy climb when you've worked your whole life, of going up that mountain, I worked 10 years of going up that mountain, of going to that point of being in a position and being in a quote unquote cushy position and comfortable position at Lion Brand and saying, you know what? No, I'm going to follow my dream otherwise. And not that I could have, I could have continued at Lion Brand. I could, you could have continued doing what you were doing in the education, and and you're in a whole other educational direction
2: yes, now. Yes, absolutely. And which is
0: which is so amazing, and which is what I want to talk about, where where it kind of leads into Hat Not Hate. What do you do for Hat Not Hate? Explain.
2: Sure. So um my role as an as the educational director or director of education i forget what we're actually t- titling it but is is providing the that my experience in education was almost 20 years so understanding um the the best way to work with with school districts what school districts need as far as the the curriculum what school districts need as far as the uh, character education piece and the best way to deliver um, the most bang for a buck so if we are going into to work with a school district it's really understanding what are the lessons that the students need at different developmental age levels so kids what they need to hear about bullying what they need to hear about making blue lemonade when they're in kindergarten through second grade is very different than what kids need to hear developmentally when they're in seventh to eighth ninth grade so it's understanding adolescent and childhood development in a way that how do we take our message make it really fit to help the students understand what they can do, not only individually, But then what they can do is take the message of Hat Not Hate. Take this really positive, unbelievably motivational, inspirational message. Then what can they do to become change agents, not only in their school, in their community, and then why not the world? We talk about that all the time. The journey of that 1,000 miles starts with a single step, and what we're trying to do is help students understand that each one of them has an opportunity, this unique opportunity, to go a step further than they thought they can go. And so my, my role is to take my experience in education, my experience with motivating students and really package it all together in a way that will help schools help their students.
0: Okay. So that's, that's what Dennis does for Hat Not Hate. So when people, you know, when I started Hat Not Hate, I didn't have, I didn't have Dennis. I also didn't have Meg. So it was really a team of one. So I've added these very, very important pieces to this, campaign that makes Hat Not Hate run. And, um, you know, he's so passionate about educating as a whole. So I felt his passion when I first met him. And as he's changed his path, and it's not straight this path of Dennis's, it has all the curves, it has all the turns, it has all the roundabouts, it has everything. And I want to I want to ask also, as a dad, twofold. I wanna ask for your kids watching you in this journey, what has been your proudest accomplishment to communicate to them as they grow?
2: It's, it's such, a, um, such an interesting question. I've, I've thought about this so many times, especially being the father of children that are now experiencing divorce right? It's, it's it's a heavy thing. Divorce is one of those things that I didn't think we'd go down this this road. But um, again, I, I told you, I ta- I will, I'm very transparent talking about my feelings about everything and anything. So divorce is one of those things in the world where you're basically publicly admitting that you were not successful at this specific thing, right? It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. And yeah. you hear all the time that children going through divorce, it can be a traumatic event for them. They, they say that that could be a trauma for kids. And I have a lot of background and insight into helping students and children deal with trauma so for me one of the things that i'm most proud about is i feel that my kids saw me personally and professionally understand that i had the ability to be the architect of my future i was not a victim of circumstances i was not a victim of Just because the calendar turned to another year, I had to do the same thing that everybody thought I was supposed to do. I think my biggest lesson to my kids is looking at myself in the mirror, not being 100% satisfied with what I saw looking back at me, and then taking the action to change the trajectory of my life. It was not always easy. It was not always pretty but I'll tell you every single step was worth it because it led me to where I am right now. And where I am right now is every single day I wake up, there's no such thing as like the Mondays for me. I wake up so motivated every single day, knowing that I'll have an opportunity to to impact other human beings' lives in in a really profound way. And for my kids to see me go on this journey from this sad, slouchy, slumpy guy who wasn't happy to now I'm like, ripping my like Superman, like I'm ready to roll in whatever direction I'm headed to. So that's, for me, that's one of the coolest things is my kids seeing me looking at fear in the face and saying, "Uh uh-uh, not today. I got this.
0: I think that is so valuable. And that is so amazing that they have that to watch and that they have that to look at. Because even if you're, even for our listeners, you know to understand that and to see that this is someone that i have leading our educational element of hat not hate that's going and that is a part of my team when we speak to schools and we speak to kids and we have someone that has been through and and this isn't even his story of bullying this isn't even <laughs> cuz there's that that we haven't even gotten to yet that his i've fallen and i've picked myself up and I look at myself in the mirror every day and I motivate myself every day. That is so, that is so hard. And that is such an accomplishment, Dennis, and that you communicate that and you show that to your kids. Bravo, honestly. And and that you, that you did that for yourself. Like it's one thing to do it for your, to see it in yourself, to see that there's something that you make that change to, to make, there are like so many challenges that you overcame and then that you're showing that you're ki- showing your kids that you can do that and that hopefully they, you know, are able to um, digest that and then apply that to themselves is the ultimate, you
2: know? Absolutely. It's funny. You should mention that. One of the things that I've gotten pushback on recently, I made a post about, um, the most important relationship in your life is the relationship you have with yourself, and there's it's impossible to be the best spouse, the best partner, the best parent, the best sibling, the best son, daughter, whatever it is. It's impossible unless you are truly like in love with yourself. And if you're not, work on that. And people say no, that's selfish. You shouldn't work on yourself. You should. It should be for your kids. It should be. But that's not the case, and, and I will tell you, I was 100% for my kids before. I really was. I mean, I, every, I would do anything and everything for my kids, but until I was able to be good with the person that I was looking at, until that truly happened, then I was able to step up and be a better me for my kids, and that was so much more impactful than just living for other people, and a lot of that goes back to my bullying story. If we get to it today, if not, I, we could oh, certainly oh, do we're getting to it. and.
0: and- and to your statement just now that you said about being the best you for you, I always, I mean, you know, I bring it back to my dating life. You know, I am known to have dated, I feel like, all of all of the <laughs> Jewish community in New York City before I met my now boyfriend. And it was actually the week that I made the decision that I wanted to leave my job was the week that my boyfriend and I started communicating. And I believe that it was because I made that decision for me and I thought I put myself before anyone else and I started thinking for me and doing things for myself, that that's when things started to align for me. And it really does make a difference. And I think that for uh, you know one thing, if there's one thing that you walk away with today, And Dennis will definitely share with us his way of making lemonade, but most definitely do something for you after listening to this podcast, because it definitely makes a difference. I want to talk to you, your story of bullying, because you have shared it. You have shared it in our assembly and you have gotten emotional about it. I think that a lot of people, especially as adults, we don't know you know they're they're like these big macho people out there, and then you hear that they've been bullied when they were nine for being you know chubby or for whatever it is, and we all have stories. And like I've said, and you've heard me say it, everyone has some element, some some way of being a part of bullying, whether they've been bullied, whether they've witnessed bullying, or when they, whether they've been the bully themselves, and how has bullying affected you
2: so it was and i could still remember it very vividly it was in the the spring of 1989 i'm I'm a 45 year old man right now so this is when i was 12 years old growing up in central new jersey and there were three boys that uh, i was friendly with for a very long period of time played sports with them and uh, for some reason, they started targeting me in the spring of my sixth grade year. So now these these three boys are two years older than me. They were um, tough kids, and they started making fun of me. They started teasing me, flicking my ear on the bus, tripping me, pushing me in the hallways. And I started to change my, my way through school because I knew where they were at all times. I knew their classes. I knew when I might see them, when I might not see them. So I would come late to class rather than have the the chance of interacting with these kids in the hallway so it it started there and then it became physical in nature where they would uh, when i would get off the bus they would trip me they would kick my legs out as i was trying to run home they would throw things at me rocks and sticks and they beat me up several times i would get tackled from behind and jumped and punched in the face and the stomach and i would go home with a bloody nose or a black eye or you know scraped hands and knees and elbows and I would make up stories to my parents about what had happened to me. And the whole time, I kept thinking, why me? What did I do wrong? What was it? What is it about me that caused this to happen? And I, I couldn't figure it out. I always thought I was a nice kid. I didn't make any waves. I didn't try to uh, cause any conflict with other human beings. And and so there was a lot of deep things that went on. And there was no one that I could go to. There were so many people that saw it happening and no one stood up for me and I never went to my parents about it and even you know when I when my parents knew about it it was the feeling that I had was that I was a wimp for not standing up for myself it wasn't like oh hon like what can we do to help you out here it was I I was wrong for not fighting these kids and there's a whole nother deep therapy session to go in there but what what started to happen share is the trajectory of my life after that moment became such that I tried to make everyone happy to avoid conflict at all costs. I became this very passive, people pleasing person. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak my true voice. I wouldn't stand up for myself. I would, I would, I was almost like a chameleon for a long period of time because I was afraid to truly stand up for myself in the fear of being abandoned and the fear of. Uh, basically going through a painful experience. So for a long time, the story that I was telling myself was I got into education to, to stop bullying, which is which is a part truth. But what I I, I really got into education just to be in that, that school environment again, I could, because I feel like I missed out on a lot of it because I truly wasn't who I was. It wasn't until the last couple years, especially till I really started doing the work and understanding how this one event really changed the trajectory of my life. And then I started to understand you need to be comfortable with who you are. You need to be comfortable in your own skin and understand if other people don't like you for you, that is 100% on them. That is their issue. It's not, if people don't like what I'm saying or how I'm saying it, I'm going to speak how I feel and what I believe in. And if other people don't like that, that is 100% their issue. I will not own that anymore moving forward. So being able to step out of that shell of fear, worrying about what other people thought, and if I would I would be left for who I was, I would rather be standing alone and be true to myself than being sta- than standing in a crowd and being a chameleon.
0: First off, I'm sorry that you went through that. I wish, I, I don't wish bullying upon anybody. I think that it's horrible due to the point of this Whole podcast is that we're given these challenges and then we can kind of build from them and we can strengthen ourselves. You you said that you would go home with these bloody noses and black eyes. Like, did you ever tell your family ultimately that you were bullied? When did they know? When did they ever find out that you were bullied?
2: So they found out when I was uh, driving home with my father from the gym one day and the three boys were outside in the street. Playing sports, and one of them yelled out "F you" as loud as he could, and my father looked over at me and he said, "I thought you were friends with those kids," and I didn't say a word. I froze. So he goes home, and this is the this is the deep part of the story that I just recently uh, came to terms with. It's this is a, this was always the challenging part that I never really shared with anyone, and I had to do this deep work to uncover a lot of these emotions that came along with this. And um, stopped at the house, and he said, "Go inside and wait for me." He went up to the top of the street and talked to the three boys. He was up there for 10 minutes and now I'm in my room on the the floor shaking. And he came back and he said, I arranged for you to fight this kid one-on-one. And I didn't move, I froze. He goes, let's go, you're gonna go fight Frankie one-on-one, let's go. And I still didn't move, now I started to shake. I had a trauma response to the situation. And he looked at me with this disgust in his eyes and he walked out of the room. And he didn't talk to me for the next month of my life he was he was ashamed of me for not fighting these kids that i was totally scared of i was two years younger than so now this as far as telling someone the way that i was raised was in a way that masculinity was shown with force right i needed to so the the deeper part of the story is now i was i was i felt shame because i was not the kid that would go up and fight these other kids, right? So that, that became a big part of who I was, that I was a, I was ashamed that I didn't do that. And then because I didn't do that, there was this this abandonment that happened in my life. So that's a lot of what I was doing was like reinventing who I was to not make any waves because obviously me not standing up for myself in this situation meant that I was a bad human being and that I wasn't loved and and that I would always be destined for being alone. Uh, so it was a lot of work that I had to do. And I don't know if I've ever told you that story, Shira, that yeah, part of the story.
0: That is that is brand new. And that's, you know, there, there's no reason why it should be dealt with physical anything. You know, as we've talked about two kids, two students, that clearly when you are dealing with people being bullied and you know student you know people bullying others they're they're going through stuff as well
2: absolutely
0: is the way to bully no but obviously sometimes that is how it comes out and with hat not hate we're trying to go into schools and we're trying to kind of bring the conversation to surface and have it being talked about and have students wearing those hats And have it just being present on people's minds all the time so it's not just happening on the side that it's really being talked about just as much as math is being talked about and arts and crafts and history that it's part of the curriculum
2: yes and the funny thing is looking back and like you said and i appreciate you saying i'm sorry that you have have gone through that experience the first thing is if i were to to go back in time and see those three boys I would give them a hug and say, I'm so sorry, whatever you're going through right now, that this is this is part of what you believe should happen. I, I can't imagine what their situation was like, their home, like how they dealt with, with anger, with pain, with sadness, with every emotion they weren't capable of handling it, that they felt that they had to take it out on a scared 12 year old boy. And the other thing is, that experience, I talk to people all the time on the podcast. They've gone through horrific things in their lives as far as abuse and and abandonment and crazy situations. And I ask that same question, like, if you can go back, would you change those events? And they say, no, I wouldn't, because what happened to me? And I would I would echo the same sentiment. What happened to me shaped the man who I am today? I've made a ton of mistakes throughout the course of my 45 years. But every single one of those things that I've gone through and those those experiences have have turned into the person who I am today. And I'm really proud of that person.
0: As you should be, Dennis, you are an amazing human. And I am very, very lucky to have you here today and on this podcast and and a part of the Hat Not Hate team, because your wisdom and your passion is what completes this this lovely triangle of a I don't know a hat (laughs) for the hat not hate team you know as we kind of sum up this episode I feel like we could be like a three-hour episode you and I could chat forever and I I want you all to know that if you are inspired by Dennis you should most definitely know that you don't have to end listening to him today. You can go over to the Building Men podcast and you can subscribe. You can listen to the many, many episodes and hear from all the many guests that he speaks to. It's not just for men to listen to. You can listen to just if you're anyone and be inspired. He talks to many different types of guests from all different walks of life. And it is very inspirational It's just very exciting to hear someone just like me who wants to hear from other people, who wants to be inspired, who wants to learn. And I have talked to Dennis about the different types of guests that he's talked to. And just like I used to about the She Show, get excited about learning about different people. So please do go listen to that podcast, Building Men podcast, and they can hear it on all different platforms, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, our, my website, if you it's buildingmen.io is the website. And then from there, you can find all the different ways to listen, but it's available on every single platform out there.
0: And we'll put that information in the description. But before we end today's podcast, the question that we ask our guests is, we want to know what is your advice on making lemonade?
2: Uh, don't use any of that powdered shit. <laughs> use real lemons. You know what I mean? Don't don't get the thing out of the can. <laughs> but I would say um, here's the thing what I've recognized is there's always going to be something that will stand in your path. Typically, the thing that's in your path is is the fear, is the is the fear of 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 the emotion that you're going to feel. I would say, yeah. The thing that I've learned is whatever is preventing you from getting to where you want to be, preventing you from your pinnacle, that mountain, that that first or second mountain, whatever it is, typically it's fear and fear is a vibration. It's an emotion that we feel. I would say believe in yourself and have the courage to go through the storm. Go through whatever is in front of you. Instead of taking detours and constantly going around whatever that thing is in front of you, whatever it is, we all know you can probably sit here if you're listening and think. I'm, I'm afraid to start working out. I'm afraid to start my own business. I'm afraid to go back to school. I'm afraid to approach that person, you know, that I think is really good looking across the bar from me or whatever. Whatever it is, it's fear is a vibration. It's an emotion. Go into it. Like, appreciate that that experience can be exhilarating. And what's on the other side of fear is what you're going for. That's the target. That's the goal. And it is absolutely within your reach. You just have to believe in you first. Oh.
1: Huh.
0: That that sounds like some really good lemonade that you drink. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today and for just hearing about your passion for Hat Not Hate, your passion for what you do, your passion for life. And I am so thankful for it. So thank you for joining me. And everyone, thank you for listening. And as always, cheers.